you're watching the Life of Jam live video podcast. This is episode 16. It's called Teenage Angst. This is my last show until summer. My podcast is moving to a live location in Upland, California with Raghouse Media at the Vintage Vault. I have my DJ here, my producer, April Duran. She's here virtually as this is being filmed live from my home in San Bernardino. Today, I have a special guest. I'm so excited. Isabel Quintero. She's a rock star writer who wrote one of my favorite YA novels, Gabby, A Girl in Pieces by Cinco Puntos Press. This episode is called Teenage Angst, and we're going to talk about writing in teen voice, as well as hear about how Isabel got inspiration for her book, Gabby, A Girl in Pieces. First, I'm going to read a very short little paragraph from my memoir to set the scene. And this paragraph is from my memoir and is about my high school years. Here we go. It's tentatively titled Punk Rock High School Dropout. I am sitting in the bleachers with my mom, my dad, and my youngest sister, Annie. I am supposed to be graduating today with my twin sister and my best friend, but I threw it all away. This former straight-A student went from goody two-shoes to punk rock high school dropout. It only took months for me to ruin my life. My mom won't look at me. She says I broke her heart by dropping out. My mom taught me and my twin Jackie to read at the age of three by sitting at our small kitchen table and sounding out the words with us. My mom always said I was the smartest one. Dad puts his hand on my shoulder, but I push it away. I go hide underneath my high school's bleachers. The bleachers cover me in their shadow. Under the bleachers, it smells like piss. I light up and tears drip on my cigarette. I wipe at my thick Susie Sue-lined eyeliner with my Sex Pistols tee. Music from the high school's marching band echoes in my ears. I stare down at my combat boots and tap my feet on the concrete and think to myself, I'm a fucking loser. My life is over. That's the excerpt. It doesn't end there. So everyone knows I had a great second act of my life. Now let me introduce my guest. I'm so excited. It is such an honor to have Isabel Quintero here today. Isabel Quintero is an award-winning writer and the daughter of Mexican immigrants. She lives and writes in the Inland Empire. Gabby, A Girl in Pieces by Cinco Puntos Press, her first YA novel, was the recipient of multiple awards, including the Thomas Rivera Award, as well as the California Book Award Gold Medal. She is the author of two chapter books by Scholastic, Ugly Cat and Pablo, and Ugly Cat and Pablo and the Missing Brother. In 2016, Isabel was commissioned by the John Paul by the J. Paul Getty Museum to write a nonfiction YA graphic biography, Photographic, The Life of Graciela Iturbide, which went on to be awarded the Boston Globe 
Horn Book Award. Her more recent book, My Poppy Has a Motorcycle, isn't that cover beautiful? Earned the Southern California Independent Booksellers Association Award, as well as the Thomas Rivera Award and many other awards. Isabel's books have garnered many starred reviews and have been included in so many best of lists, including the New York Times best books list. Isabel has worked in education for the last 22 years. She's worked as a teacher's aide in a school for children with special needs, as an avid tutor, as an elementary school librarian tech, as a substitute teacher, as an instructor at community colleges, and even briefly as a high school English teacher. If Isabel wasn't writing, she'd be working in a school. She earned her BA in English with a concentration in literature and her MA in English composition from California State University right here in San Bernardino. Being the daughter of Mexican immigrants has taught Isabel resiliency and perseverance. It has taught her that there are multiple ways of experiencing and living life in America. In Isabel's work, and these are her words, she aims to write characters and stories that reflect those varying realities that perhaps can hold up a mirror to the young children she writes to. Before the pandemic, Isabel was very active and helped facilitate creative writing workshops in the Inland Empire for youth. She also assisted in whatever literary arts organization and endeavor she could in the region. Isabel believes it is her responsibility to share and extend the platform and opportunities she's been given with others, especially marginalized voices. Isabel is also a mother, a partner, a daughter, a sister, an aunt, and other non-literary related things. Welcome, Isabel Quintero. Yay! Hello. Hi. Hi. So happy to have you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. It's such an honor. So let's jump in. Um, Let's talk about Gabby, a girl in pieces. Sure. I I have my copy here that... You signed for me way back when, before we were friends, and uh, I was all fangirling all over you, all over you. And you wrote, "Juanita, keep on writing." So yeah, at the Wrightwood Festival. <laughs> yeah, and you know, sometimes you meet your literary idols and they disappoint you, but you were so kind and encouraging to me, and it, I still vividly remember the first time I met you because of that, because you were so nice. So I was like, "Oh my gosh, she's so nice." Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> and the reason I love this book so much, and I've read it so many times, and I've, I've given it as gifts to people, I've told people to read it, is that I totally identify with Gabby. Um, her voice is so real, so true, as a full-figure gal myself, and a girl who loves spicy foods and ice cream, and as someone who couldn't pass Algebra 2, it took me four tries. And as a girl who wanted out of her one horse town in the Inland Empire, I just want to know, how did you create this character? Like, where did her voice come from? Is she part you, part someone else? Yeah, so um, it's, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm really happy uh, to be on your on your show. I um, started writing her probably 2007, and um, it was a completely different book at the time. It was a novel in verse. 
and um, it was a different voice. And it, I was having, I was struggling to to figure out, you know, um, who she was going to be. And I think what I realized is that I was, I was trying to write Gabby as uh, she's part me. Like, you know, she is, yeah. you know, short, fat, Chicana, uh, light-skinned Chicana, and that's me. And um, she is, um, what's it called? Um, so I was having trouble with the novel and verse because I feel like maybe I wasn't being as honest or as true to myself in that version. I was holding mm-hmm. a lot back. And so when I switch into diary format, when you're just in her head, um, there's a a closeness that I was able to achieve that I wouldn't have been able to had it been, um, had I kept it a novel universe. I, at least I feel right. And so, and she is, she is part me. Um, but I do have to reiterate this whenever I'm asked this question, because um, that it's a work of fiction. It is not a memoir because I get a lot of, is Gabby you, is Gabby you? Yes and no. Um, you know, I was super shy um, around boys. Like I was super boy crazy but I didn't um, think that boys would like me. So I didn't talk to them or when boys like liked me, I just was, you know, that person that would like make jokes and, you know, uh, punch them in the arm. (laughs) Like I just was not very, um, I didn't have um, the confidence that I do now. And so, you know, all of that was Gabby and her being able to question her mom and her being able to, at the end of the book, if you've, I mean, it's been out for a while now, so sorry, spoiler alert. Um, but, you know, she does end up going off to Berkeley, off to college. Um, you know, I I didn't. I stayed here because my mom didn't want me to leave. Mm. You know, my parents didn't want me to yeah. leave. And so um, I was scared to go because I was, you know, what was I going to go do? My mom was worried I was going to go out and have sex and, you know, run wild um, because I guess you could only have sex if you leave home, not if you live at home. Right. So, um, right. she was very worried about that. And so, well, you just- know why that, that so touches me that I never knew that I thought, um, I knew Gabby wasn't you because of her life yeah. circumstances, obviously, but I too, um, I, my journalism professor at Mount Sac wanted me to go to New York and I chose to go to UC Riverside. I was scared too. I had never been out of the Inland Empire um, in my whole life other than being a baby in Montana. And we moved here when I was one or two. And yeah, I mean, that's really, you know, it's really important for people to realize like memoir is part fiction and fiction is obviously always has a little piece of us in it, but it's not, you're not Gabby, but that voice somehow I think maybe a little, the, 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 the humor, how funny she is. I mean, laugh out loud funny. I was rereading it this week and I was just kept, my husband's like, I had my headphones on reading it and he's like, stop laughing. I don't even know what you're laughing about. And I would, I would read him passages mm-hmm. and we'll talk about a couple of those. But as someone who herself crashed and burned her senior mm-hmm. year of high school, I dropped out my senior year, only five units short. And I was a straight A student junior year. Um, so that's why I found Gabby so inspiring because she shows how hard life is for teens but I love that she perseveres and she wants out of this town and she gets out so was that always your ending that she would go off to Berkeley 
Oh, I think we, I think Isabel froze for a second. Um, oh, she froze. Yeah, she'll come back in in a second. But um, April, you're there. So uh, the thing that the, this Gabby book is so amazing because Gabby just perseveres through all this tragedy and heartbreak. Um, her dad ends up dying in the book, and uh, oh, yeah. it, it's really sad. But she somehow makes it through. That is so cool. I can't wait. Oh, she'll be back in. She she'll just be left. back in. So um, when was the book written? Um, published. At, she was talking about when she started writing it, but it was published in 2014. Oh, yeah, because she said it was old. So spoiler alert, but it's yeah. not that old. It's still new. Yeah, to me, I feel like I just read it yesterday because I've read it so many times. And like I said, I just reread it. And um, I think My Poppy Has a Motorcycle is very recent. This came out in 2020, I believe. Hi, yeah. So, I'm back. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Like something happened, like I disappeared. <laughs> it's okay. We we're talking about all your amazing work. So I was talking about whether the ending was always that Gabby would go off to Berkeley and make it out. Um, yes. Yes. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it, it was because, you know, I met a lot of young women and actually my chair when I worked in uh, at Mount San Jacinto, um, you know, I, I, we, we had a conversation about this, about not leaving home because you're afraid. Right. And, um, you know, I was really not, not afraid of leaving. I wanted to leave, but my mom, I was afraid of my mom being mad at me. Right. Um, yeah. I was afraid of my mom being disappointed and not talking to me. And she shared, you yeah. know, that her mom stopped talking to her for six months and she went to UCR I think she lived in Riverside and she just went to live on campus. And that was, you know, and so I was afraid of that. But yeah. as I got older, I realized that um, we can't do that. Right. I think a lot of times um, as Latinas, especially as Latinas, we're made to stay home and we're made to feel that we, we need to be home. My mom didn't want me to leave until I got married. Right. Wow. Like we, conversations about this now as a, as I'm an adult. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, she's changed her mind and she's learned and she's grown things and grown. But, um, I think we are, we're raised to, at least in my generation, right. And, and previous generations to take care of our families. And that means our parents, our brothers, our sisters, um, and before ourselves, right? Everyone is before us. Yeah. And so yeah. um, they want us, we want, our parents want us to go to school, but not far away, just like yeah. around here, right? Like, yeah, don't go too far. Lord forbid go you go to San Francisco, right? Yeah. And so um, I think that yeah. one of the things that is wonderful about our culture is that we are, um, so family oriented, but I think sometimes that's also can be stifling um, to us yeah. because we become traitors or, or disloyal or we were seen as turning our back on our family when we want to move away or we want to do something different than what the family approves of. And so I wanted that ending because I wanted her to be able to break that cycle Right. To be able to make decisions for herself that she knew would be good for her. At least she wanted to try. Right. She she wanted yeah. to go out and, and explore the world a little bit. 
Yeah, I had a dream in high school of going to Claremont McKenna and we didn't have any money or anything. And I didn't know about student loans as a high school student. I didn't know that was possible. So I kind of just gave up. (laughs) I know, right? I'm actually glad I went to Mount Sac and then got a a scholarship at UC Riverside because I had plenty of money for law school at USC, which I took debt out for. But um, Gabby goes through so much her senior year of high school, which I think is very realistic, especially now. Reading it now, it hit home even more because of the pandemic and all of the stuff that high school students are going through right now. Mm -hmm. But Gabby has a host of tragedies happen in her life, both to her friends and to her personally. Um, Yet she perseveres. Why is Gabby so resilient? Is it because she's Latina? Because we are resilient, we know. Or is it something in her character that just makes her have this, um, not, not only a knowledge of who she is, but just this ambition? I think it's um, survival, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's what my therapist would call it, right? Because yeah. um, she does have these things happen. And, you know, that's been a critique I've gotten before. Uh, so many things happen her senior year. It seems unrealistic that this would happen to a teenager. And I'm oh, like, mm, depends what teenager you talk to, right? Depends mm-hmm. who you are actually seeing or you consider a teenager, right? Like, like a lot of this stuff is, it happened during my, my time in school, right? Um, thankfully, you know, I, I am the daughter of an addict, but my dad thankfully did not pass away, you know, but I know yeah. that happens, right? Like yeah. that was one of my biggest, and that's why I wrote that in the book, because that was one of my biggest fears, like my dad overdosing, like yeah. it was just such a huge fear for me. Um, and I wanted to write that out into the world. Um, and it was a very hard scene to write. Um, but because in the book, Gabby finds him and And, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's so heartbreaking, but to them, too many things happening comment, um, people have told you that's bullshit because like my, so many of these things have happened to kids in high school. And I remember a teacher telling me my writing was melodramatic. I'm like, well, my life is dramatic. Like. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and it is. And and I think, you know, um I look back at when I used to teach high school, right? It's very mm-hmm. short period. I taught for a little over a year. Um, but my students and even my uh, when I was an elementary school librarian, you know, you have students who, you know, are all disheveled one day because oh, I was up late at night because my mom was getting arrested, or they're, you know, during the two thousand eight um, you know, uh, recession, um a lot of students became homeless. And so you have a lot of things happening to young people that adults fail to recognize in young people. Mm -hmm. Um, For some reason, adults often think that problems, that um, heartbreak, that loss, that grief um, begin when you're like over 18. Right. Right. Like the, like you know, from zero to 18, your life is like super happy. And then after that, like, oh my gosh, real life happens. You know, that's one of my pet peeves when I hear teachers or people and tell people when young people, when they're in school, when you get out into the real world, now we live in the real world. This school exists in the real world. My life exists in the real world. There is no, when you get out into the real world, 
You know, if this yeah. isn't the real world, what is this? this is it like a fake world, like fantasy? Because it's not, you know? And I loved how it's really written in a blue-collar language about a blue-collar family. My family lost everything my junior and senior year of high school. We were kind of moving from house rental to rental because my dad lost his bar. Then we lost our house. And I don't think uh, people acknowledge that the impact of this on kids, you know, uh, you know, and your book captures that, how much family and the personal affect one's academic trajectory, you know? Yeah, like I didn't, um, you know, I was, uh, I graduated with honors um, from high school. Not high honors, but like regular honors, right? Um, Because I did enough, right? Like I did enough to do that. Um, I wasn't the best student. I took, you know, the the part in Gabby where she talks about doing uh, Algebra 2, like her second, like I failed Algebra 2 my junior year. So I had to retake it. And I had the same math teacher all four years in high school, right? Um, I, I like did enough so I could do that, right? And um, I was one of those kids that, um, like learning in school came easy. Like, like mm-hmm. school was made for someone like me, right? Yeah. At school, uh, the way our institutions are higher of learning are set up is not for everybody. Right. But I right. needed that structure because I came from dysfunction. So school was something I could get into. Right. Yeah. Um, but I just lost my train of thought of where I was going with this. But anyway, like, yeah, no, but you're, the, you're the, right. The, the, this function, it, it bleeds into it. Like whatever your home yeah. life is for a lot of young people, it could be an escape for another. A lot of young people could be a, a burden, something extra that's yeah. put on them. You know, I had students um, when I taught high school who they had to help at home, like, pay like yeah. like financially and so school was not a priority helping financially was a priority because if they didn't help they would not have a place to live right yeah. survival, um, or they right? survival and it is all yeah. about survival and I think until adults recognize this um and and give young people the respect that they deserve like we're we're going to continue having all of these. We're going to have a lot of issues, right? Yeah. Um, that adults complain about with young people, right? Yeah. Like we're going to continue to have things like that. I think there needs to be more respect paid to young people, you know. A hundred percent. And um, dovetailing from that, Gabby, mm-hmm. A Girl in Pieces, really shows how poetry and writing and reading can be a haven, for um, especially a teenage creative. Uh, Gabby finds so much solace in writing and reading her poetry. Um, why did, did you always plan on making Gabby a poet? I know it started out as a book in verse. So was that always part of Gabby's character? Um, yes, it, it's always, because poetry was such an important part for me, right? So that part yeah. is pretty autobiographical, right? Um, I did fall in love with poetry in 10th grade. I remember Miss mm. um, Agard. Um, she had us memorize. Anyone lived in a pretty how town. I can't recite it now, you know. But it, I, you know, because it's been like twenty one years. But <laughs> you know, I, all I remember is anyone lived in a pretty how town was up so many floating bells down, right? And I was just like, uh. wait a minute, what is this? And. Then I read more E.E. Cummings and I was like, wait, you don't have to use a period or you can put a period like 
by itself? Like it could be lower. Like, what is this like thing that I've been missing in my life? And so I started writing poetry, um, very angsty teenage poetry. Um, and that was like my first love. And yeah. um, so I wanted uh, Gabby to have that to, for us to share that, you know. Yeah. And I love the scenes where she does a reading and it, it's so true and real, right? Because mm-hmm. that's how you do get involved in it. You go to a coffee shop, you do the open mic thing. I'm not a poet. Um, I write some poetry and I'm very um, uh, insecure about my poetry because mm-hmm. I don't know line breaks. And I love that the book talks about how Gabby learns these things and yeah. uh, in high school. And uh, the book all, also shows how important um, good English teachers are. Um, and how important prose writers are, like Sandra Cisneros and poets like Sylvia Plath. Um, mm-hmm. How important were your teachers and your writers to you? I think you've already said, but it sounds like it was. Yeah, everything. no, incredibly important. Like mm-hmm. they were very important, right? Yeah. Um, I can tell you by name the teacher that made a difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Miss Lang in fifth grade, Miss Siddons in eighth grade, Miss <laughs> um, Agard you know, Miss Sonnenberg. Um, and, you know, obviously at the university level, I have, um, uh, you know, Julie Pagel, Dr. Uh, Dr. Julie Pagel, you know, Ellen wow. Gomez, Jackie Rhodes, like that encouraged me in different ways, you mm-hmm. know, and who opened my eyes, for example, uh, Dr. Gil Gomez at Cal State San Bernardino, she, like, I didn't know there was like Chicanx writers. Yeah. Right. Like I didn't, like, I think I had read maybe uh reign of gold in high school. And that was, I think because, and I, and I just recently remembered when I read it for the first time, the reign of gold by Victor Villasenor. If you haven't read mm-hmm. it, it's a beautiful book. It also takes place a lot in Corona and the IE area. Um, but um Mr. Perez, our librarian, because uh, I spent a lot, of, I was a lonely kid um, sometimes in high school, and I spent a lot of time in the library. I had friends, um, but that's a whole other tangent. I had friends, but I spent a lot of time in the library. Yeah. And so he'd like recommend books for me, and that was one of the books he recommended. And But besides that, I didn't realize that we wrote books. Yeah. Until me I read Michelle Ceros' Chicana Fazio. <gasps> Right. Until I read and I was like, holy shit, like what? Like we can use Spanglish. I can talk about chicharrones. I can like, (laughs) right. Like I can talk about like my culture and my life and it it's worthy of a poem. It's worthy of a book. You know, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, it doesn't have to be. I don't know, insert whatever white poet we learned about yeah. in school. You know, it doesn't have to be that. It could be this, you know. Um, so that was eye-opening. And so teachers have been very um, instrumental in, in my life. I love that you can name them. Because I can too, you know, Holly Cannon at Mount Sac, Tiffany um, Lopez at UC Riverside. These these people that open up worlds for us, right? Mm-hmm. And show it. I remember Holly Cannon writing on a paper. Oh, I love the way you write. And it meant everything to me as a junior college student who was working two jobs and taking the bus or 
begging for rides to school Mm -hmm. and waitressing and all the bullshit I had to deal with. It took me five or six years to get through Mount Sac. I mean, it was like an eternity to me. And then I got through UC Riverside in two years. And I was like, why was that so hard? But it's because, you know, it it goes back to economics, you know, when you're juggling all of this, you know? Oh, definitely. And to that point, um, when I was in the credential program at at Cal State San Bernardino, um, I remember one of the, the professors there saying, and reiterating, saying this multiple times, whatever you do or don't do in the classroom affects your students, right? Wow. Whatever you do or you don't do affects your students. And I think that's absolutely true. Absolutely yeah. true, right? You can make, you can tear down a first grader and now that that child for the rest of their life hates school. Mm-hmm. Or you can build them up and now they're, they're, you've instilled a sense of curiosity in them, right? And I've experienced both kinds of teachers um, in, in my, for myself yeah. and then working with teachers because I love teachers, but boy, are there some shitty teachers as well that don't need to be in the classroom, right? Yeah. So, um, so there's both, right? And yeah. um, it's, it's important that um, we know that. Yeah, and I want to shout out um, Henaveva, my friend from Molokai High School, from Molokai Middle School, that's watching with her class, and my twin sister Jackie, who was an administrator and is going back to the classroom next year at um, Rancho Mirage High School. So, mm. yay to teachers, and thank you, Isabel, for all your mm. service in teaching. I, um, so, I love the way your book is so body positive. Before, before it was even a word. Gabby was body positive and how she accepts herself and her appetite and loves to eat. There's this scene with Martin um, where she, he asks her to study and she tells him, I have some really good beef jerky we can share. And I swear, I, I read that page over and over. Cause I just crack up every time. Cause she's like kind of weird. Right. And he, later he tells her, yeah, it was kind of weird, but the beef jerky was really good. I mean, how did you weave all these foods in sees candy, the marshmallows, um, this, what, what are they called? Scott? Scotch mallows. <laughs> yes. <Very delicious>. yeah. <laughs> the tacos, the Rite Aid ice cream. This is a very inland empire book. And I know um, you give a town name, but I don't know if that's really where it's taking place or not. Is that no, a fictional it's a, town? It's fictional. It's fictional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's maybe one regret I had um, mm. because I think I was kind of nervous of, of giving it the real, the real city. Right. Mm-hmm. Um because then it'd be really close and then it'd be a lot of like, Oh, this is you. Right. right. And, and I wanted to have that separation, but it's still the IE. And it, what cracks me yeah. up is that people, I don't think I wrote anywhere in that book that it's from Inland Empire and people know it's the Inland Empire. You never say it. I have read your book many times and I've looked you know, for that and I, I'm glad you don't because it's almost more universal just saying Southern California. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm, it makes me happy that people recognize where, where we're at, right, in the book. And um, Peppy's House of Wings, only that yeah. would exist, only in the IE. I think I didn't realize, to be honest, like how much food was in there until I started getting readers, until the book was published, and I started getting readers uh, send me DMs or emails telling me how hungry my book was making them. <laughs> I think someone... 
um, when I very like the when I just got on Twitter, um, sent me a gif, gif, gif of um, like beef jerky dancing or something, <laughs> and I was like, did I really write that much food? And I had, right? And I had, and I think, you know, um, she is she is fat positive. Mm-hmm. Um, whoop, I don't whoop. know if she'd use that word. I don't know if she'd use those terms because I think, yep, right. It's talking about our bodies is such a it's 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 so loaded a lot of times, yes. right? Um, to be body positive or fat positive, right? Because sometimes you get scared. Like I like I feel like you know I try to be fat positive, but um, I have things happen in my life. You know, I went through a in 2018. I had a very traumatic thing happen, and I didn't feel like my body was mine anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I had, um, I had been very, uh, happy and like, okay, like I'm a happy fat girl. Like this is who I am. Like, I don't give a shit. You don't like how I look then look the other way. And then I had this thing happen and I threw all of that, like out, like it was just hard to get back to, and it's still hard to get back to it. Right. Um, yeah. I'm in an anthology called the other F word, which if you haven't, I'm like, do like shameless plug here. Like no F word. Um, it's a celebration of the fat and fierce. Right. And I had agreed to do this anthology and then I was super excited. And right before like my piece was due, this thing happened. Right. Like this, this thing happened. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to write this anymore, you know, and I talked yeah. to some of my friends and, and my, one of my friends, my friend, Allison Jafredo was like, you know, you could write, just be honest in what you write in the essay you write, you know, that you are not, it's not always a hundred percent. You're not always happy yeah. in the skin you're in, um, yeah. whether you be fat or not. Right. Yeah. Like, um, but there are some days that are great. And then some days that you're like, oh, my pants don't fit. Right. Um, but that's life. That's every day right? for me right like, now. <laughs> right. Like that's like life. And it, it's, um, it's continual. And I hate that it's, uh, that it's something that we have to fight for to like love our bodies. Um, yeah. but it, sometimes it is a little bit more of a struggle than it is on other days. Right. Like I have, a I I became a mom last year and, um, Congratulations. Thank you. And I've not, you know, I've not lost any of the weight from my pregnancy, right? I've been home. Um, I haven't been able to work out, you know, and go hiking because that helps with my mental health, not only like, not like to lose weight, but like my mental health, right? And so it's been a struggle. But, um, you know, the other day, like, like a couple weeks ago, like my son, he was like, really comfortable on my panza and, mm-hmm. and like playing with me. And I was like, my son loves my panza. Why do I have such a, a struggle with it right now? Yeah. You know, it makes him happy and he feels comfortable with mama and he likes, he likes that, you know? So why am I having such a, a struggle with it? And so slowly, you know, but I wanted Gabby, you know, cause I had, issue, I had body issues as a young girl. So and, did I, um, yeah. You know, and um, my mom was very, like, I love my mom dearly, but um, she 
you know, give me liquados, you know, like shakes and, you know, always like, this is a good way to lose weight. Slim fast. And you, need to lose, you need to lose weight. And here, wear these underwear that will like cut into your skin and make you super, you know, suck everything in, like all of these things because her fear was that I'd be fat, you know? And for her, she always said, it's because of your health. It's because of your health. But it didn't matter. I was like 14, you know, 13, nine, worried about being fat, you know? I've been every size. I've been, I was thin growing up in high school. I gained weight. And I remember I was dealing with eating disorders, bulimia and stuff like that. And then um, now at 50, I don't care anymore whether I'm a 14 or a 16. Um, I can't get below that. It's just my body is not meant to be thin. I've realized that I'm meant to be a 14 to 16 and I'm comfortable at that weight and it's okay. Yeah. I don't need to fit anyone's expectation of what I should look like. I like how I look. I work on my skin and I work on, I don't work out. I just don't, I don't enjoy it and I have bad feet. So mm-hmm. why am I going to ruin my feet running? You know, mm-hmm. it's to me, but I love that you love to hike and all that stuff. But the thing about um, your child and your body and feeling like, like our bodies are vessels, right? Yeah. And yeah. And it's just so touching and you're so open about it. And I think it's important that young girls realize that um, beauty can be bigger and Hollywood's getting the memo. If you look at these game shows, bigger hosts and they're fucking gorgeous. These women. And I'm like, why is thin? Why has thin always been in? Why isn't voluptuous? Like being a, you know, a big girl in, because I think big girls are prettier. I'm sorry. It's face or fanny after 50. And I'd (laughs) rather have my face than a small fanny. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, you know, I think that, we are so obsessed with uh, beauty, with how mm-hmm. someone looks, yeah. Um, that we can't, that we can't see see past that in a way that's like our obsession to be beautiful, right? Yeah. Like I just wrote a piece for the Allen Review. Well, I just participated in an interview for a conversation for the Allen Review where I talk about like. Um, the danger of body positivity um, mm-hmm. in that it it I feel like that sometimes um, it's like just pushing beauty like okay here is a way that women should be looking it's, it's mostly women it's mostly women yeah. so you're know, femmes right um, yeah. here's a way to look at people but if you don't look at the specific way even if you're fat then you're not worth looking at or you're not worth respecting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so put your makeup on, get your hair done. Like mm-hmm. I like to post no makeup pics or punk rock, yeah. like t-shirt, no makeup yeah. pics because fuck that. I don't have yeah. to wear makeup to feel pretty necessarily. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and some days we don't feel pretty and, yep. and it's okay if we don't want to be an object of desire or someone to look at. Right. And so, and that's fine too. Like you, you be yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that's the important part, like being comfortable with who we are, which is like I mentioned before, like we're incredibly difficult. Um, and, but I think the important part is uh, respecting people, right? Because we, a lot of us, we don't get like, we just have a body. Like we don't like, 
this is, it was crazy to me. It's like, we don't get to choose. Like, well, I mean, we can pay to have our body done different ways. Right. But, right. but we don't get to choose how we're born. Right. Like I don't get to right. choose like the color of my skin. I don't get to choose like my height. You know, I don't get to choose, um, different parts of me, you know, I don't get to choose that my arms are crooked or that I have crooked fingers. Like me and my brother have like crooked pinkies. Like I don't get to, like it happened and that, there you go. And so it, it's, um, it's just crazy uh, or ridiculous. I should say crazy. It's ridiculous that we put so much emphasis on how much we respect people by how much they look right. Or how much we find what, we find people worthy only depending on if you look this way, you're worth more than someone who doesn't look this way. Right. Right. And, and being writers, our beauty is really in the written word on the page. So why are, why do we have to have a picture anyways? Why, why can't you just judge me by my written words? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think maybe, I don't know if I'd agree with that. I think um, we like, I see a lot of people that, that, you know, I post selfies all the time. I post love stuff more. I post, I post more back of my kid's head now, but, um, (laughs) you know, I think of writers who do post a lot of selfies and I think there's also power in that, right? Yeah. There's also power. Like, I think that wherever we find power, we should hold on to it, but we shouldn't let others dictate what Mm. power we should have or not have. Or what power we need to have in order to be worthy in this in uh, in this world, right? Or in order to be listened to, in order to be respected, in order to be taken seriously. You know, mm-hmm. I remember at Cal State San Bernardino, um, there was a professor, and she was traditionally beautiful, right? She had blonde hair, skinny, you know, um, thin, you know, uh, traditionally beautiful. And I remember she had a lot of trouble being taken seriously. And she was like this like badass uh, Virginia Woolf scholar and having issues with being taken seriously because she looked that way, you know? So I think it's just like any way you look, people are going to find some way to put a hole in it, you know, and to say, I'm not going to respect you because you're too pretty. I'm not going to respect you because you're too fat. I'm not going to respect you because you're too brown. I'm not going to respect you because you're too short. And we should just like, fuck it. Like you respect everyone, regardless. If a person weighs a hundred pounds, 500 pounds, that shouldn't be your marker for like how much I should respect that person because they both deserve the equal amount of respect, you know? A hundred percent. And I think part of the important thing is just having these discussions Mm-hmm. As uh, women of color and, you know, people that are, don't maybe fit the stereotype of, you know, what people think is beautiful, you know, and I, I, I mean, I just think Gabby is so beautiful and in the book and uh, and it's because she loves herself. It's not because that I know what she looks like necessarily. Yeah. I don't ever I don't know if there's actually a picture of Gabby in my head so much as her personality. Right. Yeah, thanks. So, yeah. Uh, do you want to read a portion of anything? Um, from Gabby, from whatever you want, you can read anything. Yeah, well, we've been talking about um, 
body positivity and this is right on top let me see what picture i have here um see where i'm at in this book is that the uh f the other Pathology. Awesome. yeah the other f word yeah. where can people find that just in case anyone um, wants to buy it um online support your local uh indie bookstore Okay, great. Um, and, you know, you can find it there. You can find it probably Barnes & Noble, like anywhere. I I recommend you don't buy it from Satan. Um, uh, I know they deliver quickly. But, uh, you know, support other folks if you can. Um, but I'll read... I'm just going to read some of the comments. Uh, Liz Gonzalez is watching. She loves your earrings. Thanks, uh, Liz. Uh, my twin Jack is watching. I know that um, Lucy is on here, um, and she's watching. We've got a lot of IE people. Victoria, Victoria. Waddle loves mm -hmm. Scotch marshmallows. Scotch mallows. Um, and my twin corrected me. She's going to be teaching at Desert Hot Springs High. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anita, I, Anita right. I have to say Jason Vilches, he's amazing. He's a substitute teacher here in the Inland Empire. He has a young daughter. He's also a singer-songwriter who wrote a beautiful song about his young daughter. And he said, I, this book sounds amazing. I'm, I want to buy this book for my, my daughter. I thought that was the coolest thing. Aww. Yes, buy Gabby um, a Girl Pieces. Buy it at your local bookstore. The one in Riverside is Cellar Door Books. Um so support your local bookstore, like Isabel. Yes, please. Yes, Cellar Door Books, if you're in the IE, um, Cellar Door Books would be great. Linda there is wonderful and super supportive of the community. Um, you know, so, yeah. Um, let me see. And okay. you can also buy Gabby, I think, um, on Cinco yes. Puntos Press on their website. And they have yes. so many great books. Um, I've talked to the editor there, um, and she's amazing. Yeah, yeah, Lee is really wonderful. Um, okay, so I'll just read the beginning of this. So there's some poems in between, and I'll use it as a break. Um, so it starts off with a poem, and the, the essay in here is called Fat and Thriving. See, your body never stops changing, ever. It is a magnificent thing in all its rolls and all its jiggles. It is a beautiful thing. Sometimes, though, my body feels like a chore, like it does not belong to me. My limbs, my panza, just waits to keep myself tethered to the ground. Sometimes it's like other hands hold my body up or down, hands that do not belong to me, touching and molding what isn't theirs, usurping the shape of my skin. The first time I realized I was fat was in fourth grade. My mom told me I looked like a pregnant woman. I went to school the next day and asked friends if I looked pregnant to them. I remember that as the remember that as the moment my weight shifted in my brain into something important. I don't hold it against my mom, at least not now, though I used to. I really did. What I've come to learn now is that parents are simply people who are trying their best and therefore will mess up often. Uh, mess up often. I've learned that my mom is a cis woman like me, and as such, she was teaching me how to survive as a woman when much of the value we have is put into how we look, especially in terms of finding a mate, something that's always uh, that's always stressed for me. 
Now my mom, like most folks who love us do, <clears throat> framed the push to lose weight as being healthy. Um, it was always about health, 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 health. And to be honest, I believed her because she's my mom and worried about me. Remember, she was teaching me how to survive. And because of her upbringing, my mother is a hell of a survivor. To her, being healthy and beautiful was part of how you survived as a cis woman. If you've read my first book, Gabby, A Girl in Pieces, you may remember the section where Gabby makes a list of questions she wants to ask her mom, but is too afraid to ask. Perhaps you have a list of similar questions anxious to be asked, but but know that it's not going to happen because opening your mouth and letting them out may come with consequences or shame. Gabby's list of questions is also a list of questions that as a teen, I wanted to ask my mom. I was raised to be independent, but to need a man, to want to have a man, not a woman, a man, because men are strong. They can do things we can't because women are not enough on their own. My mom's friends warned that my groin waistline my lack of lipstick would scare my husband into the arm of some thin thing who knew how to use her mouth to say sweet things that slipped out tinted red or pink. I was never asked if I even liked sugar. I'll leave it there. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so well, everyone needs to get that book. The other F word. Yeah, and it, they have you know this anthology is great because it has uh, so many um, wonderful authors, right? Alex Gino, Renee Watson, uh, David Bowles, Virgil Tovar, Julie Murphy, um, Miguel Morales, Lana Spencer, Amy Spalding. So many uh, wonderful authors and, and people. Um, you know, and it's diverse in the truest sense uh, of the mm -hmm. word. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was amazing. Thank you for reading that. I also want oh, to talk you. about this, um, which is My Poppy Has a Motorcycle, which came out, I believe, last year. And it's uh, um, written for a younger demographic. And I love how Inland Empire focused it is. Um, how was it hard for you to write to that uh, younger demographic? Um, you know, that's another question I get asked a lot and it, it did, it came out in 2019 and I, okay. um, I just like writing stories. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, yes and no, yeah. you know, like it, it's just, uh, it's just like, okay. Like I approach it like I would any other, uh, story. Right. Uh, what are, what does the story need uh, to be understood, right? What do I need to do uh, so the audience understands it? And obviously thinking about audience, like what age group? And so, um, yeah, but also, you know, that book, I started in 2010, I think 2000, yeah, 2010. Um, because, yeah, it's a memory of my dad. And what I like to point out, out is that that dad in that book is the same dad in Gabby, right? Same dad. Um, wow. And, wow. you know, it just, people are complicated, right? People are yeah. complicated. And if you're from the IE, this book is my love letter to Corona, uh, one of the cities I grew up in. And so if you open it, really it up is. to the front, um, there's a map of Corona right on the inside of it. Right. You've got the Cleveland National Forest in the background. You've got Grand Boulevard. 
um, you know, the citrus groves. It, it's my love letter to, to my home. It really is. And I love the uh, last page says, but I know here in our little house, there are things that will always stay the same. And you're the master of the ending because Gabby's ending, um, which um, is my favorite ending of a book that I've ever read is, if anyone has trouble understanding that, well, they can kiss my ass. I mean, you just, it's amazing. Cause I mean, everyone struggles with how to begin a book, but I think how to end a book is even more important, right? How you end yeah. a story. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you end? And I mean, I've been writing my memoir for 15 years at this point, so I don't know where, how to, how to begin or end at this point. I'm in the weeds, but you know, I, I love your work because it's just so it's snapshots in a way, whether it's fiction or, you know, or, you know, children's books or all the stuff you write. It's just, um, you have this really beautiful way of portraying the world. And that is the, to me, what voice is really about how someone sees the world. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Ending. Gabby went through several endings. So Mm. it was, you know, um, I think when we get out of our way, um, we, we get there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think sometimes we have very highfalutin ideas about our work, about, um, what it means to be a writer. And what I find is the more honest you are about yourself, about your work, um, the not easier because writing is not easy, but, uh, no. The more you're able to to you know find an ending, the more you're able to find a beginning or to or to find mm-hmm. that voice, right? To really find that voice, um, yeah. But writing is a lot of throat clearing. So, what'd you say? Writing was I, a lot of what? It's a lot of throat clearing, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that happens to a lot of us, especially when we write long prose. Um, you know, I have uh, the young adult book that I just sold. Um, the whole beginning, I'm now like, I don't need this. <laughs> Is that you to know, catch I, the Why is the? No, that's uh, so. I'm very fortunate that this year I've um, within the last year I've sold four books, right? So I sold a trilogy, and um, and that's the paranormal uh, Martinez Paranormal Services, and that's the middle grade uh, trilogy. Um, about a young girl, Penelope Martinez, who is the daughter of ghost hunters. And uh, she wants to be a ghost hunter, but her parents are like, you're too young because she's 12. And um, you have to wait till you're 16. But she wants, like any young person, she wants to prove them wrong. I'm ready for this. (laughs) And so she and her friends um, go out looking for a ghost. And they find way more than a ghost. And It also it takes place in Riverside. Um, oh my god! I'm so excited. So the main place is called Kingdom Park, um, where a lot of this takes place. And um, you know, it's the series is a lot about because as I grow older, I think a lot. I've always been interested in family history and and what our elders can teach us and, you know, but it's a lot of the, the folk tales, the stories that I grew up with um, as a young person, you know, uh, stories about, you know, 
Satan being a, you know, making himself look like a, like a, like a woman or uh, shapeshifters or remedios and brujería and curanderismo, like all these things that I grew up with that were very a part, very much a part of my life. Um, and in, in ways like are still part of my life in, in different ways. Right. Wow. Um, and so these books are about that. Um, and then, but this YA novel is about a young girl. Uh, it's called Golden State. That's the title right now. And it's about a young woman and not young girl, young woman. She's uh, just graduated from high school and she doesn't know what she wants to be in life or wants to do. And she doesn't like school. Um, and she's taking a class at RCC uh, just to please her parents. Because, so they'd get off her back and stop harassing her. Um, and then she finds out that her dad has another family. Um, has had another family this whole time in Northern California. And she has a brother who's a year older than her. And she wants to meet him. And so she's like, fuck this summer school class. Um, my, she takes off with her friend, best friend Memo, who's just gotten out of jail and they take this road trip together through California, um, to meet her brother. And of course it's more than just about meeting her brother, this road trip, but yeah. I can't wait to read these books. I want to have you back on. We have so much more to talk about. Um, when one of those books comes out, I'd, I'd love to have you back on. I mean, you're so creative and you can just see how you create these characters and stories. And you're so like just mesmerizing when you talk about it. Um, so we're going to do a quick giveaway really quick, Isabel. Um, I want someone to put in the comments from the author who died recently, who wrote the Ramona Quimbley books. Hint, 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 this woman once lived in Ontario, California in the Inland Empire, and she volunteered at the library in Ontario. Um, so if someone wants to put her name in the comments, um, I think she was in her 90s uh, when she died, or maybe 100. She died recently. 104. 104! Oh, yeah. Jackie. And, and fun fact, um, Daisy Ramona... Um, the main character of my puppy has a motorcycle was named after uh, Ramona, uh, after Ramona Quimby. Cause when I was a little girl, I wanted to be Ramona as like, I loved the Ramona books and my mom, I went through a period where my mom called me Ramona because that's what I would answer to. <laughs> Blowing bubbles. She used to always blow bubbles with straws. I remember. And you know, her big sister, you know, she drive her crazy. Jesus, yeah. Beezus, Beezus and Ramona. So Beverly clearly was the answer. Um, Jackie, you're not allowed to win. So it's going to be Lucy. Um, Lucy, message me your address and I'll mail you a Life of Gem tea. Um, and Victoria, if you message me too, I'll send you one too. Um, Lucy and Victoria. Uh, Jackie already has one. Thank you, Isabel, for being on. Um, Thank you. you such an open person and so just fascinating uh i love you i love your work i hope everyone finds your books and buy and buy every book she's ever written because she's going to be a rock she's already a rock star but she's going to be on the literary landscape for decades so um can you tell them where else to find any of your books i know you yes, said local you. Yeah. yeah so definitely seller door is super supportive of my work so i know that they have all my books there um you can find them at Barnes and Noble, or if you look on um, indiebound.org, if you know you can find different bookstores there. Um, 
Yeah. So you, you can find them anywhere books are sold. Okay. Awesome. Thank you everyone for listening. I'll be back in June. We have an upcoming roster of amazing writers and thinkers. Thank you, Isabel Quintero. Thank you, DJ producer April and Rack House Media. We'll be moving to Upland Vintage Ball, i.e. Go to my website, WanitaEmance.com if you want to see archive videos. Thank you everyone for watching. Thank you, Isabel. Thank you. Y'all have a good night. Thank you.